Hello, world. Welcome to season two of the Creative Flex podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dean. My next guest, she's in the ad world. She's a strategist. She's a dating coach, life coach, amazing karaoke singer, Haifa Barberes. Hello. Thanks for having me on. It's just a coincidence that this episode is airing right around Valentine's Day. It's <laughs> just FYI. Perfect timing. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't know you better, I'd say you're a strategist. Planning that perfectly. I mean, everyone needs some life coaching, some advice, someone to listen to. Therapy is something that is no longer stigmatized in this world. Uh, hopefully not. Yeah, thank you for being on. And before we start, like the fact that you have this great British accent, you realize you could sell sand on the beach. Oh, you are kind. You're like, are you buttering me up before the tough questions, Dean? <laughs> the tough questions will come. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Everyone needs a life coach, even a life coach. And, mm. um, you know, I think we're all on on a growth path. And I'm super excited to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Hopefully, mm. we can share about that, all those job titles that you just uh, rolled off your tongue there. You know, um, we are more than our job title. We are many things. And um, we're all on a growth path discovering what that is. So I really hope to be able to share some wisdom today that's helpful. And We'll get to it. But uh, I sourced three questions from my friends and colleagues. Obviously, they're anonymous. They just want to get. And the caveat is unless you have them laying down on a couch or in person to have follow-up questions, it's not going to be a thorough discussion. But kind of top-line overview suggestions is what we'll be looking for. Uh, and we'll get sure. to that. Yeah, so you're in Buenos Aires right now for work and play. Talk to us how you've been the last couple of years during COVID, etc. All right. Wow, that's a loaded question. Where do we begin? Um, well, first, it's great to see you. It's been, gosh, I can't believe it's been 10 years since our advertising karaoke days. That hasn't changed. I'm still in advertising. I'm still singing karaoke. Even when I was in lockdown, I was singing karaoke. And, you know, some things never change. Uh, but the big highlights um, that has changed, which the pandemic really elevated that to f- more front of mind, is to um, spend and balance my time outside of my career that I love with exploring other areas that I love. And one of them is coaching. And one of them particularly is is helping people with their dating life because it's so much harder than it is today. And it was exacerbated by the pandemic. And, you know, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to achieving any form of success, particularly in an area that anyone's challenged with, and we all have them, right? I tie it back to strategy. Strategy is about, you know, figuring out how to do something. The definition of strategy is how. And figuring out a roadmap to get there. And and you can transfer that to other areas of life. And I do it with sort of models around habit forming practices, behavior change, but with practical steps. So the transition to coaching happened quite naturally. And then over the last few years, right when I ended up giving myself permission to explore other areas, wrote a book that's been doing really well. It's called From Swipe to Bay, Helping People Navigate Dating and um, have launched a self-coaching app because coaching can be expensive. And I just want to help people in the moments that matter most when they're alone so they don't feel alone. So lots have happened, Dean, lots has happened. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic though, I will say, has really, that lockdown was tough. I mean, and I think a lot of people really took a look at themselves, their lives, including me, and made some shifts. 
Yeah. So the mm. app is called Be What Matters. So you could find the app on bewhatmatters.co. Dating during the pandemic in the beginning stages, right? This is like pre-Delta. It was tough. Like I went on two Zoom dates. There was a lag in the audio. There's a lot lost in translation there. And needless to say, uh, I didn't meet either of those women. You can't really replicate sitting next to somebody, the pheromones and, and body language and facial. So that was a challenge. But I feel like now places are still locked down. I'm not sure how Buenos Aires is now, but New York City, people are going out. It's not 100%, but people are still going out and dating on apps. I'm sure your friends went to you for advice. You have that very giving nature. What made you create an app? Absolutely. So actually, I was on a mission to create a dating app, actually, at first, the because I saw a problem, right? And the problem is people have a love-hate relationship with dating apps and society is moving and with the pandemic, it exacerbated this, but more and more towards disconnecting from each other on the human level and connecting with each other online. It's having its attention point there and people are feeling that loneliness. And I went on a mission, you know, this was when we were still back in New York, probably told you about the idea drunkenly <laughs> outside on like Avenue. I should have stolen Way. it. You should have stolen it. I mean, there's still time, <laughs> there's still time to, to get on the team. But, you know, it was that the mission was to humanize tech-based connections and help people feel more connected instead of having that transactional relationship that was continuously growing to become even more disconnected than, than ever. And so the ideas that were features and functionality like voice notes, video calls, and going through stages to build a rapport and build as much chemistry as you can online before actually meeting up in person. And I agree with you, Dean, there's nothing like meeting in person. But the pro about using dating apps is that you can cut through the clutter and meet people who are looking for the same thing as you. And all you need mm -hmm. to do is go from match to meet as quickly as possible, in my opinion, without yeah. wasting your time. But through the research... I just discovered all these insights about men and women and what each other want. And the challenge is the lack of understanding that actually we want similar things. It's just mm. the way we communicate and go about it might be a little bit different. And so I had an aha moment through all the research, surveys, chats on the phone, you know, focus groups. I got to a deeper problem and was more inspired to fix that. And I realized the world doesn't need another dating app. The world just mm. needs to know how to date and yeah. what each other want a little bit more. So that's what inspired pivoting the app idea from a dating app to a self-coaching app, which then started expanding from date coaching to self-care, self-growth, life habits. And, mm -hmm. and the idea is for people to holistically, you know, make, make tiny shifts that will improve their life and hopefully have some of their own aha moments when it comes to some insights in there about what people mm -hmm. want. Awesome. Fantastic. Tell me about some of the functionality. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you feel, but you know, when you're talking to you know, a family, someone that you trust about something, whether it's your love life, whether about it's about having a tough day at work and how you really feel about it or getting over a breakup or wondering whether your big goal ahead of you is even achievable. The way you communicate with people one-to-one -one is very different to the way you communicate with yourself and how mm. you move forward. So I wanted to create something that would feel like someone's buddy next to them, but it's actually them doing the work themselves and working through it and being a little bit more authentic with themselves about it. So everything's on demand. There's over 50 audio coaching sessions in different categories that go from coaching to achieve goals 
as well as for the moments when people are feeling a bit rubbish because although life has lots of highs, there's lots of lows in the dating process and the breaking up recovery and all that. There's a retreat for people to work through the challenges. And again, it's all audio-based music and guided sessions to retreats through certain things like dating recovery and sleep sounds. And it's all on demand. However, if there's something missing, if people have questions, there's an instant way to ask questions. And myself and the team get back within 48 hours. It's about mental health as well, right? As you kind of mentioned, like meditation, sleep, that's a great package that you get. You were featured on BBC where you've helped a client. You could explain it obviously better than I could. Yeah. And actually, so one of the pivot points in in my career over the last couple of years with this this area was when I coached a client from Swipe on a dating app to an engagement during the height of the pandemic. You know, I just went on this mission. Life doesn't stop. People were feeling really down, really stuck. We Our lives changed overnight, didn't it? But I wanted to help people realize that even though we're stuck in a room, and the world is a bit nuts right now, we can still figure a way forward, figure out a way Mm -hmm. forward. And yeah, continue to help guide her how to use dating apps with success because dating app fatigue is a thing and and rejection can be tough on there. It triggers the same part of the brain as processing physical pain when someone doesn't even message you back. So it's an underlying issue. And so yeah, coached her. And then while physically apart from this person that she met, techniques to still build an emotional connection while physically apart. And then when the world opened up again a little bit, they then met up and basically coached her to an engagement within a year. And I always joke that uh, one month in a pandemic is like a dog year. (laughs) like seven years it's like seven years especially when you then move in together so that was great and the BBC picked it up it was this time last year at Valentine's Day and then subsequently since then people have been coming to me for expert opinion on dating so I'm really glad you've had people submit their questions because I'd love to answer them to the best of my ability. That's going to be a fun portion. From my experience, uh, communicating at least for a week via tech or even if it's on the app before even meeting, I think it's case by case, but it could be beneficial. Oh, I disagree. Oh, you disagree? I think, disagree. You think just jumping in? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Completely. Mm. Only because we were talking about um, mental health, generally, mm-hmm. well-being when it comes to navigating this cluster crazy socially disconnected world that's impacting our well-being dating apps the rate of rejection is impacting us too it's almost like anyone can ghost at any time you know and people have a love-hate relationship with these dating apps and I think to your point earlier you don't you can't tell if there's real chemistry until you meet in person right so to help with dating app fatigue and cutting through the clutter and the time wasters and all the chit chat that is so unnecessary because you don't know until you meet is to go from match to meet ASAP. And so that you don't waste your time, mm-hmm. have a video date before. Because although you really can't tell until you're in person, mm-hmm. if you have the right mindset with a video date and you show up for a video date to really pretend that it's the first date and show up like Mm -hmm. you would on a first date. The dynamic shifts, but also the point of it is just to figure out if you you even want to meet in person or not. Gotcha. Yeah, I like that. So that awkwardness is gone by the time you actually meet in person. So in terms of what people would reach out to a dating coach for is not only to find a new partner, a lot of it's also how to deal with heartbreak, right? A lot of the relationship advice is how to either get over a boyfriend, girlfriend, or 
how do I get back with him or her? It's like a physical withdrawal. It's like withdrawing from drugs. So like in your brain, you have all these chemicals, dopamine, and you're so used to having that with a partner or spouse. And then once that's gone, you're in withdrawal. Like It's a physical that's what heartbreak is. Yeah, so we could jump right into the question if you want. Yeah, sure. But it's also withdrawal. That's such a good point. You, you totally get it. It's when you first break up, you have that withdrawal and you want it back. But also, it, without even knowing it, it's triggering the reptilian part of our brain in going into fight or flight or even freeze mode, right? Because we feel unsafe. There's, we're in, we're in pain. It's been triggered and we want to get safe again and we want to get it to safety again. So it's triggering our knee-jerk reactions, our reactions to see how we can get to a better place again of emotional calm. And so people do things like begging their ex back or other things just to try and feel feel better again. But it's, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's the withdrawal, but then also the the freak out of um, how how do I get to a safety? And they come to, people use a coach as well to break their patterns. By the time people are ready for coaching, whether it's scrolling on Instagram, following a coach, or whether it's do, doing some self-coaching work, reading some books, or using the app, it's, it's people get to a point of enough is enough. I'm done dating the same guy and girl. I'm done falling into the same traps and repeating patterns. At some point, Mm. people think, right, it's time to take control. I was that person too. And I had a great coach six years ago and she was amazing. And I was like, Mm. oh, this is like strategy. (laughs) I'm going to help people do this too. And I went on a few courses, but it's, it's all about wanting to stop repeating cycles. You know? I'm so happy that you started. You know, it, It's like giving back. It's like service. All right. So the first question that I got, hi, Haifa. I was with my girlfriend for about a year. Our connection was amazing. The best I've ever experienced. She loved me truly. And I felt the same way for her. I was unfaithful one time by messaging another woman. Nothing ever happened physically, but I was unfaithful. We're currently broken up, but I want to get back together with her. How should I go about this? Got it. Okay. Whoa. Let's break that down. So the guy just messaged somebody else and considers that as infidelity. Are we talking about one message or an emotional bond that was tracked? Do we know? It's like a sexting type thing. Oh, they were sexting. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, there's a few ways. I want to approach this in a couple of ways. Let's break that one down first. If you're listening, why were you sexting in the first place? You know, people tend to look elsewhere because something's missing in the relationship. So if you can ask answer that question, yeah. uh, also look at whether that relationship generally, like if there was a reason he was texting another girl or and or, or guy, you know, um, whether we don't know if they're heterosexual or, or gay or not, you know. So yeah, we don't know the reason behind doing that action, but we know that people look elsewhere than when they're unfulfilled in the relationship. So you know, I would say that it's likely that the person regrets it clearly and it's they're saying that they want to go back and they want to get their ex back. I would ask them to consider why. Why do they want their ex back? Are they feeling lonely? Are they feeling like there's no one else out there? Like what's the authentic reason? Mm-hmm. And answer, because they can only answer it for themselves, is if they go back and the person takes them back, will the issue still be there? Do you believe, well, do, could they really get over 
the past issue that led to the sexting in the first place. So there's a few questions in there that I would encourage people to think back because it's not necessarily physical infidelity in person, but it was on the text. So there was a physical desire and Mm -hmm. all roads lead to looking within and at the relationships. There was a reason So figure out that if there is, if there is a way to overcome it with your partner, then I think that the, if they haven't got in touch yet, or, you know, I would definitely figure out a plan to be really authentic, to talk about the reason behind that infidelity mm-hmm. and the sexting and see if they can get over it. But they, the ball is in the other person's court. Yeah. So you would say to get therapy. So this person that did the sexting, get therapy and understand the reasons why things happened the way it did how he or she is feeling and just making sure that if they do get back together, that maybe they do couples therapy. Yeah. So first of all, like to talk to the ex and if they don't want to talk to them, write them a letter or something, being really honest about how they're feeling, what happened, why it happened and how they think they can get over it moving forward, suggesting going to therapy together you know, because it happened for a reason. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% going to work because, you know, the partner might not be open-minded enough to want to get over it. They might be thinking, I can't believe it. You know, infidelity is a massive deal breaker and not seeing things in the bigger picture. If we want to talk about infidelity, I also highly recommend people listen to Esther Perel's TED Talk about infidelity. Mm. It might you know, people look at it this with black and white thinking. Infidelity is probably going to happen at some point in the course of a long-term relationship to a varying degree. People are human, Mm -hmm. but it usually happens when something is missing. So I recommend he or, you know, gets in touch with the ex, whether it's phone call or whether it's meeting up and having a really genuine, open, authentic conversation about why they were led to the sexting and how show up with a plan as to how they can get over it and take the lead. But knowing mm-hmm. that it's up to the other person, whether they can meet them there or not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's building that trust back up, right? It, once you violate the trust, which is foundational thing of all relationships, it's never going to be the same again. It's yeah. never going to be a hundred percent, but I think it's case by case. If the relationship is good enough, you could build up a strong thing again. I- Absolutely. 100% and potentially even better, you know? So learning from the communication breakdown, learning from how to improve that relationship and growing a completely new version of what Mm. that is, it could be even better. Thank you. There's another one. Hi, Haifa. I've been dating my boyfriend for over three years. There are things that he does that make me doubt the investment of time that I'm putting into the relationship. Every time I mention marriage, his response is, I wouldn't mind spending the rest of my life with you, but you're putting a lot of pressure and I feel I can't give you all the things you want. Am I wasting my time? Right, right. Wow. This is, I would love to know how old these people are, um, but mm. I don't. So I'm going to just have to be, you know, a bit broader with this. And and in terms of some of the patterns that people fall into and and uh, breakdowns that ends up happening in a long, long-term relationships. Three years is, you know, quite common that people want to get to the next stage. So mm. that's a tough one. Look, you've been together a long time and trying to force anything to happen is only, go- only going to push the other person away. So 
I can understand that this person's wondering if they're wasting their time or not. Mm. But what people say are often back to you is often the truth. So him saying to her that I can see myself spending my life with you, right? Is that what he said? Yeah. yeah. But you're putting a lot of pressure on me now, mm-hmm. right? And I'm yeah, feeling I can't like give that. you all the things you want. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bold statement. Yeah. Yeah. I can't give you all the things that you want. Like, what is that? I can't give you all the things you want now. Pressure. Like, what is it? The issue? There's a conversation around future goals. So that there's a lot of pressure when someone asks for a commitment like that to happen instantly. When is it going to happen? Putting all the control and power onto the other person. There's a lot of pressure. And I think that actually there's a conversation there that needs to happen around what does the future look like? Are there shared goals? And meet each other halfway and take the pressure off. Um, you know, but then also the, on the flip side, for her to feel empowered to have a timeline in her mind like how long will she be willing to wait for someone who could potentially get there i've seen many situations happen when the pressure is lifted the person gets it done within the next year because they're not being pressured they feel like it's their idea men want to feel like it's them it's that they did it they want to surprise you they want you to be happy but with you pushing for that to happen it pushes the other person away. So first, have a conversation about future goals. Two, lift the pressure and then see what happens. But at the same time, in your mind, have yourself a timeline as to whether you're willing to wait or not. And before you break up, I would always recommend saying, let's just have some space. Let's have a break. I need to think about what I want now that I know where your head's at and what the future looks like and take a break before making a big drastic decision because pressure does a lot of things to people, pushes that person away, but then also causes you to do something perhaps you're not ready to do. So there's two strategies there. Mm, Okay, great. You know what? This question may have been submitted by Pam Beasley from The Office, by the way. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. Uh, Fans of The Office will get that reference. Oh, wait. Are we talking about the American office or British office? The American office. Ah, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I think I get it, bummer. All right, Pam. She can call me. Okay, so the last one. My partner and I fight all the time. I love her dearly, but it's constant. Uh, We live together. And during COVID, the awkwardness that is a product of our scuffles is overbearing since we're working and living together. How do I approach her to communicate my feelings and also find a better path forward? So this is kind of the coupling situation that's happened all across the world where people, couples that may have been working all day and then come together at night, make dinner and then watch TV. And then that's their time together and, and on the weekends as well. Now people were forced to spend more time together, you know, so how do you communicate to your partner that the better way forward? Wow. That's a big one, right? Oh my goodness. Dean, you've talking about two things there. I loved your commentary too. If you ever want to coach with me, you should coach with me. You know, <laughs> perspective. But like, there's two things going on there, right? There's one conflict management, which we can talk about very specifically how to healthily manage conflict, right? But the other one is that the dynamic in the relationship's lost, right? It's no longer a relationship, mm. a, a romantic one anyway, like a, you know. It's like a roommate. That you're fighting yeah, with. <laughs> yeah. or like a brother or sister, you yeah. know. And a lot of my clients have fallen into this trap and they feel and and I wonder what they're arguing about. But just to give you some examples of my clients, not assuming this is what they're doing, but falling mm-hmm. into the same traps during the pandemic of one person both wanting to feel 
People want to feel sexy. People want to feel needed. People want to feel wanted. People want to feel respected. People want to feel valued and appreciated. All these things, these are the things, some of them, that attract someone and keep them and have someone stay in a relationship because there's that dynamic of love, appreciation, passion, values, you know, all of that. But when that's lost and your the relationship dynamic shifts to someone that you don't really consider much and you're going into those default patterns of uh, everything you do annoys me, you know, we're spending too much time together because to keep all of that, you need to appreciate someone. And one of the mm. things that helps you appreciate someone is space. And then when you don't have the space, you no longer do that, right? It's like, it's a little yeah. spiral. So these arguments that happen with, with my clients and through the stories that they've told me is that because people are feeling lack of value, they're not feeling mm. valued or appreciated, sexy, needed, wanted, you know, and they're arguing more because they can't communicate what they need, but then mm. add stuck in a room and not being able to go anywhere doesn't help. So, no. you know, that part of it is important to take care of, like to tackle because whether you're spending too much time to get couples do that pandemic or not spend too much time together and lose the attraction. That's a big mm. thing, right? Um, and lose that value and appreciation of each other. Space is fundamental. Get yeah. comfortable with space. I don't care if you need to create a room next door or like you to, um, to sort of uh, split the room up, right? And mm. and have your own space, or like quiet time or, you know, go for walks or something, but figure it out or maybe go and stay with some friends for a few days or family, like mm-hmm. mutually. I'm not just saying one person, but yeah. build in time to create space, to create tension between each other so mm-hmm. that you can reinvigorate that feeling of missing someone, appreciating them. Because when someone's yeah. not there, you really realize all the things that they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe after that space, maybe whether it's a day or two, maybe having a date, dressing up and getting that spark again. Love it. Every other week. Cosplay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go on a date, like create the space and get the dynamic back to mutual respect, appreciation, valuing each other, being attracted to each other. And you've got love and that takes work. That takes a conscious choice of two people every day to do that. So that's one thing. That's a big thing about those relationship dynamics but to handle the conflict i would suggest to this person set up a date night text your partner and just say babe or whatever your pet name is and say i've got a few you know i'm gonna pick up some stuff let's have a date tomorrow i would love us to spend some quality time and let's chat about how we're both feeling and light some candles or whatever Mm -hmm. you know just set up a date create the space and then bring it up um, there, you know, I feel like that would work so much better than just can we talk about things tomorrow at three? Because the intention isn't there. But if you, setting up a date, you could do that. You could still talk about your feelings, but you know, it's coming from a place of you know, I love you and you know, I, I want to spend time with you in, in a you know, a happy uh, manner. So yeah, you set the tone. You set the tone. If you if any form of like conflict management or needs discussion, the person that's mm-hmm. showing up to have that conversation is in a position of power and the other person's going to be automatically defensive. So I'd always recommend leading by setting the tone. So if you're like, hey, babe, let's have a date. Let's just chat about how we're feeling and but also have some fun together. Can't wait to see yeah. you. And I know you've got some stuff to say and let's let's uh, figure out a path forward together. Boom, set That's the tone. Fantastic. 
Yeah, that's great advice. And then lastly, I know just to wrap up, so to keep sustainable, this sustainable, build in relationship check-in. So if that goes well, Mm. if your date goes well, build in Mm. a monthly check-in for each other, like a monthly special time to talk about how you're feeling, what is that person doing that's making you feel loved, what can they do more of to to make you feel more loved, and vice versa, and start shifting the behavior from bickering to mutual respect again yeah communication that's something that it's lagging in all facets of human connection and and interaction so totally we default into when we're in relationships especially long-term ones we as a humans collectively default into a position of um defense instead of communication defense or avoidance and we have to learn how to communicate with each other so i think figuring this out together is a loving act for your future success awesome so thank you i'm sure these people pam beasley especially would uh, really be grateful for your advice (laughs) a running theme that i'm having for season two season one was about what everyone's failures were how they got past it and how it made you stronger uh, which is a great question. But season two, I, I kind of want to change it up. It's now talking about, and everyone had them in one shape or manner, their butterfly effect or ripple effect moment in their lives where something, I use the example of you know, somebody was late for their bus for by a minute, they meet a stranger by chance, and then they become 40-year couple spouses, you know, they get married. So something like that. Do you have one in your life that you can expound upon and, and we could just talk about it? Absolutely. This one was, so I, before I got into advertising, I uh, was in TV production and everything is freelance, right? And uh, I I worked with Endemol, BBC actually, just behind the scenes. And um, one day I I got a a voicemail from a producer at the BBC that I knew. She was like, hi, Fur, call me. I've got a six month contract. So I used to get so much anxiety around freelance, which by the way, I'm, fr- I'm freelancing now in strategy. And I'm like, this is why I'm working remotely. But back then that freelance lifestyle gave me a lot of anxiety. And, and this producer knew about that. And when she called me and left me a voice note, she made it a point to say, hi, Fur, it's a six month gig. Call me. You're going to love it. It's a drama. I was like, oh my goodness. And at the time I was sitting in a, um, uh, uh, lunch room in a really, it was a really depressing lunch room. I was doing like a mm. sales job and my boss was just such a, he wasn't the best person to be, to, to work with, let's just mm-hmm. say. And I was yeah. really upset and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I was like 19 years old. Um, I'm wondering, you know, if my TV production dream was going to happen, but the career gave me anxiety. I didn't know what to do next, but I was like, okay, this six months, let me try. I think this will be, this will be good. I think I can handle, I think there's an opportunity here. So I used to dial the BBC's number every single day um, in the UK. And I remember it, I can tell you it now. It's (laughs) 0208 7358000. And this one day, when I went to call her back, I misdialed by one number, one digit. Wow. And I okay. dialed 0208 And I got put through to a switchboard called Rap Collins. Do you remember the Rap? The, yeah, that it's agency? agency. Yeah, it's still around. Yeah. Still, yeah. It was, it was back then it's called Wav Rap Collins. Now it's Rap. So, um, and I'd always wanted to live in America. 
And uh, anyway, so I missed out this number. And then this woman picks up. She's like, hello, Wavrap Collins. And I was like, hello, who are you? And I'm thinking I'm calling the BBC. And uh, <laughs> um, I was like, oh, hello, who are you? And she was already annoyed at me. And I was like, oh, um, I was, and she said, oh, we're, we're Wavrap Collins. And I was like, what do you do again? And she was like, oh, you know, TV ads, direct mail, marketing, advertising. I was like, oh, great. You're definitely the person that I wanted, the, the company I wanted to call. Can you put me through to your HR department? <laughs> so got put through to HR. Didn't think anyone would pick up. Someone picked up. So wow. I, I had a chat with the HR person saying, I'm looking for an entry role. And I just like rolled off all the things that the receptionist just told me. TV ads, <laughs> you know, marketing, direct mail. And then she said, they don't have anything but to send my resume. And I sent my resume. And then I went back to eating my, um, my um, quarter pounder from McDonald's in the lunchroom. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll set my CV, see what happens. And then a day later, I get a call from this lovely woman with an American accent saying uh-huh. that CDM. Howdy. 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 Yeah. She was like, hi, <laughs> hi, fa. I got your resume from this blah, blah, blah. She, she does a better accent. That was a terrible accent. Um, but she said, your resume was passed on to me and we're looking for someone to join. We're just, I'm calling you from New York, but we're about to open an office in London. And then anyway, that changed my life. I've been in wow. advertising for, you know, 15 years and it's taken that's me to amazing. New York. And Yeah, that one digit. That's a prototypical butterfly effect moment, by the way. Yeah. Dialed the correct number. You may have never come to the United States. You never know. It could have been like a production assistant or I don't know. I definitely wouldn't have um, lived the life that I lived and, and uh, knew been in states or met you we would never have met you know it's like that would have happened yeah. a completely different life and i might not have even been coaching because the coaching was born and and a lot of the foundation that uh that, that i i have with the coaching models is around behavior change and habits yeah. like you know bj fogg and those tiny habit model and i've merged the two a behavior change model with a tiny habits model that i learned in health advertising you know and so yeah that one digit maybe i'd have changed my name and changed my color and become transgender like before we wrap up if you were in a two hundred thousand dollar karaoke contest what would be your song what would be my song um great question $200,000, what would I sing? Oh, I think it would be, hopefully you'll you'll sing it with me, Dean. Total Eclipse of the Heart, Bonnie Tyler. That's a classic. Turn okay. around, run. Yeah. Every now and then I fall apart. Let's do it. People will be singing with you and it'll be a hit. Thank you so much. I know you have a hard stop in 15 minutes, but you know I want to give you the floor for being so gracious with your time. Let me and the audience know about how to sign up with the app. And also if you have a message for the people or if you want to tell us what you're up next, it's up to you. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's great to see you do this and doing what what you love too. And, and that's what I'd like to share. Like, you know, Guys, we are more than one thing. We are many things and that's okay. And if, you know, you're waking up some days thinking that perhaps something feels missing or, you know, the stereotypical narrative of the life, whether it's wherever you live or the person that you're with or the job that you have and something feels off, don't be afraid of that. Follow that because that's going to lead you to figuring out what's missing. And 
in my experience, there is something missing. And what's missing is the areas that perhaps you might have forgotten and it's okay to bring them back. And, you know, you, no one has to be the next, I don't know, CEO of a billion dollar company. If you do good luck. And if this is the advice that helped you definitely pay me, (laughs) pay me back (laughs) later, take me somewhere, a big glass of wine. That would be great. But, you know, it could be that or it could be something that you enjoy doing on a Saturday afternoon. But, you know, you are more than one thing and life doesn't stop when you reach a point or reach a goal. Life is something to live and enjoy. So explore that. Um, so I hope that helps because that's what I've been doing. That's what clients have been doing. And um, I admire many people who do it like yourself, Dean. And you've, we've only got one life. So make it the best that it can be for you. And um, if you'd like to be self-coached, you know, by yourself, I think we all have our own inner coach and inner guide that just needs unlocking because ultimately we have the answers within. You can download Be What Matters. It's available on both the App Store and Google Play and it will help you either bounce back from a breakup, reset your dating game or create new results in life that you choose, you know, at your own pace and it won't break the bank for a cost of um, what it would be for one hour with me coaching you could get one year all access. And as a thank you, um, use code be special. Thank you for having me on. Um, and you'll get three days free. Awesome. Haifa, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Uh, hopefully we could sing karaoke in a room someday soon. 100%. And take care. Thank you again. Oh, no, thank you so much. I really appreciate being, being on and I wish you all the best. And I'll see you in New York soon. Cheers. Bye.